that hot and then you kind of like you know did the pandemic like readjust (laughs) um yeah this is it's fine whatever fine (laughs) so julie and i were like 37 minutes into complaining about like i mean kind of everything but also our cats and we were like why aren't we recording this this could just be like we should let everyone know how upset we are with our animals (laughs) (laughs) so this is airing our grievances corner about our cats in quarantine slash the pandemic. <laughs> uh has been such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, what's he been doing? Oh no, you told me one. Tell tell the uh, the good old cilantro story you told me a minute ago. Ugh, yeah. So love some good cilantro. It's just great and delightful. So I was trying to grow some in my windowsill. It was like. I was, it was my, like, last little bit of, like, shred of winter motivation. I, like, planted myself some cilantro and basil in my windowsill, mm-hmm. um, along with some, some other things. I was hoping to get, like, my garden started early, be able to, like, plant little tomato shoots and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had a little, like, mini herb garden growing in my windowsill, and I came down one day, and Shuni had, like shoved his little paw like all the way into the cilantro plant and so i was thinking it wasn't gonna grow um but it did spoiler alert it did (laughs) and it was growing like pretty well i always kill cilantro really fast but it was like i don't know like an inch or two high when juni threw it down my drain Like, what a weird move. Yeah, he, like, literally just went up and, like, tipped all of my herbs down into my sink. <laughs> like, oh my God. landed upside down, cilantro gone. I was so mad. Um, speaking of which, Shadow is, like, dangerously close to all of my plants and also trying to hit Murphy from above my plants, my <laughs> zebra plants. So I have a feeling we're about to hear a lot of cat hissing and plants crashing oh, in okay, a short great. moment. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Okay, thank God. He did the cat walk away thing where he was like, so much impending doom was about to happen. And then he just like mm-hmm. casually stepped over all of it back uh, to the other side. Nice. Oh, now they've switched places. Oh my God, sorry. Now I'm just narrating a cat. <laughs> oh God, these cats. I feel like it's it's got to be the point where like, Oh my god, sorry. I don't know where I'll cut that. So if we're just coming back to that, uh, in the middle of complaining about our cats, I just had to go chase my cats off of my plants. <laughs> great, great. Oh, everything's going great. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's the thing of like, I don't know, I feel like we're all kind of at a place where we're like, yep, just give us the vaccine and let us move on post-pandemic. And I feel like even though the cats don't have that, I feel like they're kind of catching some of that energy, you know? Yeah. Well, Chuni is definitely catching the, like, it's nice outside. Why aren't you letting me out energy? Because mm. he's being a real dick. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't know about you, but I am like, well, no, you live in LA, so this doesn't, this doesn't apply. But <laughs> I am like the 
biggest baby when it comes to springtime. It is my least favorite season because I maintain that it is the coldest. It is the coldest Uh, season out of the year. Yeah, no, we actually, we do have that discussion here because LA actually does get, like, at night right now, it's getting down to, like, you know, ooh, like, 40s-ish. Like, I know that's still not cold, but it's... (laughs) It's, like, getting chilly enough and, like, during the day it'll stay. Like, today it actually rained most of the day and was, like, no higher than, like, 50. But I think there's something about that middle, like, A, a place that doesn't normally get cold. It's, like, obviously it's, like, you feel colder, but it's also just, like, is it actually colder, though? (laughs) You know? Yeah. And, like, because, like, oh, my God, I swear, 50 here is, like, colder than, like, negative 12 in Colorado. (laughs) It's, like, why? But no, it's the same. Like we've had the the last week, we've had some weird, uh, weird weather. I mean, really nice rain, which we obviously need. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, just like cloudy, kind of rainy, kind of drizzly, which is really nice. But yeah, oh my god, all of us are like, I bought a space heater, which like I've never <laughs> had before because I'm like, this is LA, I don't need a heater. And then last winter, quote unquote, like season winter. Yeah. I just froze. I just was so cold in my apartment and like piling on blankets. And I had no other solution except to like, I have always kind of worked. Well, not always, but I've worked from home before the pandemic. And so I just was like working from my bed constantly and just Mm -hmm. like the comforters layered on top of me. And I was like, I will never get warm. I bought literally a $25 space heater and I've been fine, like way better this, uh, this, this go round, I'll say. Yeah. Well, I always get so annoyed when it gets to be like, like now-ish, like springtime and like it starts to get, like it starts to warm up and like get sunny and like the days are getting longer and then some masochist out there is like oh my god it's so nice let's have a picnic no it is not picnic weather it is cold (laughs) and i still want to stay inside and i recognize that it's beautiful out there but it's still freezing and Mm -hmm. no i won't turn my heat off you monsters (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's just the the mentality of like oh my god it's nice let's be outside is like the reason why I hate spring because no it's still terrible and cold and I hate it and I still want to be like bundled up in blankets but the world won't let me because it's no longer acceptable well Julia here's the good news about the pandemic no one's gonna know (laughs) no one's gonna know if you stay inside if you don't see anyone if you pile yourself with blankets for the rest of this goddamn you know (laughs) quarantine No one's gonna know. You can do whatever you want, my friend. (laughs) It's true. Well, all that to say, we hope you guys are doing well. We feel you if you're feeling really, (laughs) you know, squirrely. Just kind of, you know, whether you have your vaccine or not, it really does feel like it's kind of at this point where we're just... Oh, I don't know if you could hear Shadow just doing his little squeaks in the background. little squeaks. I do hear some squeaks. Oh... Oh, wow. Did we never do welcome to Perum Captivity? Welcome. As we launch into complaints about life. Sorry. Oh, my God. (laughs) And as my cats are, like, actually making a, like, background noise. Um, Yeah. Welcome to Paranormal Captivity. We are a cozy mystery podcast. And this time around, we are a romance and pet. Woo. 
pet romance. Actually, people romance brought about by pets, <laughs> sort of. Helped along by pets? Helped along by, by pets? pets? Maybe not orchestrated. Their own choices kind of orchestrated it, but yeah, they play they play a major role, I would say. Well, the love of pets plays a major role. That's true. But also, one pet in particular does play a very big role in this conclusion, in the dramatic conclusion of this book that we are reading. That's true. This book concluded very dramatically. <laughs> it, it definitely did. I was with it up until a certain point, and then afterwards I was like, oh, all right, we're making these choices. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. It got a, it did get a little drama-y in there, but you know what? I was still into it. I'm still into this book. I still think it's one of my favorites that we've read. Yeah, I actually do too. It was still really compelling. Like, I definitely still stayed up way too late trying to get to the end of it, which is always, like, a fun find in a book. Like, it feels kind of rare, you know, to to have that, like, Harry Potter, don't want to stop reading type quality. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, no, I definitely am still on the recommendation train. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry for the background noise. I don't know why they're doing this all of a sudden. But anyway, so, yes, welcome to us and this podcast. It's a chaos right now. But we are reading The Trouble with Tabbies, a love and pets romance, a romantic comedy by A.G. Henley. Um, and so we did the first part that we are on to the second part. It's actually a little shorter than some of the, the cat who maybe like shorter and like less dense, I would say too. like the cat who yeah. kind of like is a little, a little much sometimes. Um, but these are really light books. They're really quick. So we are on to part two of the trouble with tabbies. Yes. Part two. Woo. Which is kind of funny. Cause like. I actually was realizing this as I was reading it. I was like, I know she has tabbies because our main character, because she has approximately one trillion cats. Mm-hmm. But the main cat is not a tabby. No, at isn't all. it a tuxedo? Yeah, and it's still a tea. It could be like the trouble with tuxedo cats, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I know. <laughs> also, what's the, what kind of cat? But there's like a special cat that like kept attacking Sebastian in the beginning and then like spoiler alert is like his best friend on his shoulder in the end. Oh yeah. Maybe that one was a tabby. Oh maybe. That's true. Because that was the one that like in the first I don't know if we talked about it in the first section like jumped on his basically like jumped on his face and like caused him (laughs) to like fall over and hit his head in her house when he first came over. Maybe Mm. that's where everything started. That's true, because that is technically the first, that would be technically the first cat that gave the budding relationship trouble. Yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, so as kind of a a reminder, we are following Beatrix and Sebastian. Um, They live in my favorite place on the planet, Boulder, Colorado. Okay, maybe not the planet, that's dramatic. But (laughs) (laughs) they live in a great place that I fucking love, Boulder, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, And they have met each other because B... B has a really wild family and she has put out a um, basically like a rent a rent a boyfriend slash rent a fiance Craigslist ad and Sebastian has answered the call. Yeah, because he is in debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, because he is broke <laughs> <laughs> and needs to pay his rent. <laughs> yes. 
Um, but yeah, like last time we kind of talked about, there are a lot of like, even from the very beginning, like budding, like it's clear that they're attracted to each other from the very beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we only get more of that now. So we, I think, had left off at the point where Sebastian, so they've met the family, things are going kind of rocky, but it's kind of like a tit for tat, like, you know, the family will score a point, B and Sebastian will score a point. And uh, yeah, we're at this this point now where Sebastian has been asked to go on this Oh, manly. Oh my God, that was such a mom move. <laughs> Our mom always like kind of impersonates Tim the Toolman Taylor when she says the word manly. <laughs> and I like started to do it and then tried to turn it into something else, but then like it just still kind of happened. So. <laughs> the son of the little sheep, like. <laughs> Maybe it just, like, grows with age, you know? Like, maybe it starts out sheep-like and ends up, uh, As, you know. like, a, I don't know how to describe it, wild boar sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's a fun segue because it is, like, they're supposed to go on this hunting trip. And, like, yeah. the dad makes, like, such a big deal about how, like, oh, the men always go, blah, blah, blah. Like, he says, like, some really, like, problematic shit where he's like, would you rather stay here with the women? Like, really derogatory, which is, like will actually fuck off like yeah and and (laughs) like also kind of because no one literally no one here likes hunting except for you and this like weird ex-boyfriend right that's right because the ex-boyfriend is still there and the ex-boyfriend's like you know doing the the pet uh teacher's pet thing where he's like yeah i love i love hunting take me let's go let's go and um yeah, B's cool brother has wisely stopped going hunting for, like, years. He, like, doesn't go anymore. But B's oldest brother does go. So it's Sebastian, the oldest brother, Tom, right? Uh, I think that's the oldest brother. And then Reed is the, the ex. Yeah. No, it's the... And the... um. Oh, Ben, right. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Tom is, like, the one that we, like, don't care about because he plays zero. Yes, (laughs) Plays zero roles in this story. But Ben is the sister's husband. That's right. Yes. The the dramatic one where, like, yeah, they basically leave on this hunting trip. Um, They get there. It's like they have, like, a hunting cabin that's, like, you know, not too far outside of Aspen. Um, which I actually meant to mention last episode that if they were going up a certain road, the other town that I, so I used to live in Winter Park in Colorado, but the other town I used to live in, in Colorado was Buena Vista. Well, they call it Buena Vista. It's like Buena Vista. Like it's, it's, um, written like Buena Vista. Um, but it's like literally on the other side of the mountain from Aspen. So it only takes like 45 minutes an hour through this mountain pass. But if it snowed, then you have to go like three hours around, <laughs> like by the highways. No. Um, but I kind of picture it was kind of nice because I kind of pictured them like driving up the that mountain pass towards Buena Vista to get to this uh, hunting cabin that's only like, you know, 30 minutes from their actual house. Hmm. But so, yeah, so they get there. Sebastian does uh, decide to go and he does the like, you know, very, uh, he wins some points for sure because he not only does he like suck it up and go, but he also is like, but I'm going to shoot a different way. And he like brings his camera and like, you know, does a bunch of nature photography the whole time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I feel like for 
our aesthetic and our pretty I don't want to speak for our listeners, but like I would say probably for our listeners is way hotter than actual hunting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And for B way hotter because she is a vegan and an animal lover. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. A little more a little more her speed than, you know, a bunch of hunting bros. Right, yeah. So they do go and like, yeah, props to Sebastian because that's like a super awkward situation to be in. But he does navigate it pretty well-ish. Like he definitely gets into trouble. They kind of immediately split off into pairs. The dad, even though the dad's like the the one that like instigates this whole thing, just like sits immediately in the cabin and is like, no, I'm too old to do this. You youngins go catch me something. <laughs> it's very like Yeah, and everyone's weird. like, we don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you making us do all the legwork? And then like immediately Sebastian gets paired with B's ex. And so it's like just this like super yeah, poor social. Basically the the worst case scenario. And <laughs> yes. I feel like at that point it's like, are you do you like want him to leave? <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it does feel like very, um, I don't know what the right word is, but it does feel very like orchestrated almost that like Mm -hmm. the dad, like I know, and spoiler alert, like I know the dad like gets slightly or attempted at redeeming later in the book, but oh my God, the whole time I just was like, this guy is unredeemable. I, I will not get back on board with him ever. Like I cannot. Yeah, no, he, he really is the worst. He's like, the ultimate like like what you think of in in, like the 1950s like a husband who comes home and like drinks a cocktail and then like goes to bed without talking to his children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we yeah we literally have a story of that like on christmas happening from Mm -hmm. last episode yeah so he sucks big time and he's just hanging out at, at the cabin and like drinking heavily like that's very much a part of this too that he's like very drunk for most of the rest of the book. And yeah, so Sebastian and Reed go off kind of on their own and Reed's like hunting and Sebastian's taking pictures. And um, the conversation kind of goes back and forth a little bit where Sebastian's kind of treading a little more lightly after some of their missteps earlier in the the weekend. But he does still step in it when Reed talks about um, Bee's mother's death that she had not told him about yet. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it basically Reed discovers that Sebastian didn't know, like, the details, really. Like, knew that her mom had died, but didn't know any of the details. And so that kind of, he tries to salvage it as best he can, but um, it's kind of clear that Reed is, like, very suspicious of that. And then, uh, yeah, they go back, they have lunch, and then they switch partners, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he ends up with does he end up with Ben or Thomas? I think he ends up with Ben. Yeah, I was trying to remember because, like, the second part is, like, not very notable. But I actually couldn't remember who he ended up with. Yeah, I think he actually does end up with Ben because I feel like that part, they just, they talk a little bit about um, her sister B and her sister's relationship and how um, the oh. older sister, what's her name, Agatha? Aggie? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, Agatha. The, which is funny because I just watched all of WandaVision. So now I'm like, is it Agatha or do I just have a crush on <laughs> Catherine Hahn? Um, yeah, no, it's, it's Agatha. Aggie. Aggie, right? Like that's the name she hates being called, but B calls her that. Ag- yeah. Aggie. Okay. Yeah. So they just, they, yeah, basically that conversation was just um, them kind of talking about how 
just just like a little bit of the like family dynamics and how Agatha kind of like had to felt like she had to step into the like motherly role when their mom passed away Mm. and just kind of like how that that played out between the two of them yeah, yeah. So, but I, I think at this point you kind of get the sense that um, Sebastian's you know, feeling a little bit like more invested in this family than I'm sure he was prepared to and kind of thinking like oh man this is like <laughs> like a lot of shit is happening and like there's some you know drama here and like am I being helpful or am I being like a huge asshole coming in and like pretending to be a part of this family and then I'm just gonna like leave and disappear afterwards that's right because this is where separately I think now that they're not like together and now that it's like more of like the middle of the trip yeah separately I think because I think we flash back to B2 and like kind of at the same time in separate places B and Sebastian are having similar thoughts of like was this the right choice? Like, I care about, like, positive outcomes from this, but it seems like the more invested we get, the more, you know, pain it could cause people, even if they are, like, shitty people, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that and that's definitely foreshadowing for later, too. Um, so that kind of sets us up for, to, like, go into the, like, three-fourths of the way, like, Climax and denouement. (laughs) (laughs) So the hunting pairing up uh, kind of finishes and they end up back at the cabin because they stay overnight. They actually, even though it's like only 30 minutes or so from their house in Aspen, um, all of the men stay overnight and uh, come back the next morning. So they have a meal together just just the men and um yeah that's as awkward as it would seem too because it's like it kind of what ends up happening later too which is like the dad is like you know trying to be the head honcho and reed is sucking up to him so bad mm-hmm. and then um some like little tidbits of drama come out because the dad's really drunk and like kind of out of the blue is like ben like i heard some shit basically and yeah. ben's like gets weird and it definitely hints more at the infidelity that we kind of thought initially like it's kind of set up Mm -hmm. for you to suspect that way and like this is definitely another push in that direction kind of yeah um and i think that's it right at the cabin yeah i think that's yeah no i think that's it at the cabin um Yeah, it kind of seems like, I mean, as awkward as it is up there to have those, like, kind of family issues pointed out, it kind of, it also kind of seemed like it wasn't news to anyone up there. Like, it was kind of one of those things where the dad was like, you need to get your shit together. And everyone was like, well, I mean, you do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. we're not gonna you know, step into this argument, but we're also not surprised kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ben like kind of hedges around it, but everyone else kind of like just doesn't write, doesn't act super surprised, which is really sad later on too, that we'll Mm -hmm. get to. Um, But yeah, you're right. It does seem like everyone knows this except one person that you can, or or two people that you can probably guess. Yeah. Yeah, so the next day, so Sebastian comes back, and, uh, you know, it really seems like 
longer because of the way it kind of goes back and forth between the two of them. I forget, was there anything important happening for Beatrix when she... I think this is actually when she and Agatha... Like, when she helps Agatha wrap all of the the photo books. And I think she's mostly just helping set up for the party the next day. So, like, we're actually getting into, like, the end of the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. The, like, yeah. actual party. Yeah, I think they we had the photo book scene in the... I think that was the last kind of where we closed out the last yeah. section. So, yeah, I think they're just kind of setting up. And I don't think we have a... A chapter like flips perspective each chapter but i actually don't think we have a, a b perspective chapter while they're in the cabin oh interesting okay yeah so yeah so when they come back they i think it's kind of like you know in, amidst preparation for this party and uh yeah i kind of actually don't like a lot of those little details are kind of eluding me up until the party like the drama of the party and everything after do you remember anything that happens before the actual dinner so I, the only thing that I um, am like flipping through to kind of like get the timeline again. So mm-hmm. I think they pretty much go straight into the dinner from, uh, they like everyone comes back from hunting and they, I think that's like the morning of the dinner. So everyone's just kind of like, they get back, they get ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we do have the, the fun naked scene. Um, oh, that's right. The- <laughs> Gotta <laughs> have one of those. Fun naked scene. Yeah. So as they're getting ready, they, they kind of like, I don't know if, uh, everyone remembers from the last section the way they have it set up because Sebastian and B are supposed to be fiance then fianced <laughs> engaged all <laughs> fiance <laughs> they're supposed to be engaged um mm-hmm. so they're sharing a room which like you know n- normal for actual fiancés awkward for complete strangers who are pretending to be fiancés <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, Sebastian's sleeping on the floor, B sleeping on the bed, and they kind of, like, take turns in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but they, they have a little snafu when, Uh-oh. uh, in this, yeah, next section, so Sebastian comes back and they're, like, I think switching in between, uh, shower time, so B's in her, you know, coming back in her, her robe, and he's, like, heading out to the... To the bathroom to like shave and and take a shower and he leaves and like right as she drops her robe he walks back in to grab his razor and it's just mm-hmm. a whole thing a whole sexy thing <laughs> uh-huh a whole sexy thing which you know it actually reminded me a lot of um uh, a movie i love the proposal remember the proposal but there's a great like this exact scene in that and i just remember one of them yelling i can't remember if it was ryan reynolds or sandra bullock but one of them just yelling why are you naked (laughs) (laughs) but then they're both naked it's like one of them is taking a shower the other one thinks the other one's not there and like all that um but yeah that movie was great but anyway it it felt very similar to that of like Oh yeah, you gotta have a you gotta have a, a an accidental naked. Scene. You gotta have a, a naked snafu. <laughs> a naked snafu. If it's a romantic comedy, you gotta have a naked snafu. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. This one has a great naked snafu. <laughs> Which actually, I wonder if that's that's gotta be the trope too, right? Because that's the same. It's the same setup in the proposal where Sandra Bullock basically like because Ryan oh, Reynolds yeah, fake, is her fake fiance. Yeah, fake fiance. It's the whole fake fiance thing. Yeah, there you go. Gotta have a naked fake fiance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, man, now I want to watch that movie. It's a great movie. Anyway, 
anyway. Um, yeah, so that scene's great. That's, like, as they're getting ready, right? That's, like, not even mm-hmm. at night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then we go into the dinner, which is just yikes a Yeah, what even happens? Like, it's a very fancy dinner. Yeah, there's, like, a couple of things that happen. So the first thing that happens is... Uh, B is in a very sexy dress, and Sebastian oh, likes right. it. So, gotta <laughs> gotta point that out. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um, but I think it's at this point where the dad, I know he pulls Sebastian aside later on in the night to kind of like con- confront him about a couple of things. But I think he actually confronts B first about the mm. pictures of Sebastian that he found online of Sebastian and his ex-girlfriend which was like right a matter of like months ago which doesn't follow along with their their story um and their timeline but is before he met but B. is before yeah so he's he's single now don't worry <laughs> 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 but yeah he had just gotten out of a relationship which you know was obviously not factored in and um yeah they didn't i guess didn't didn't think to in their week of planning didn't think to create fake social media accounts <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which seems like a pretty obvious <laughs> thing that you gotta do i mean to their credit i feel like i would have the same exact problem like basically what they did was like they they really did commit to it but they didn't commit to the level that like you really just need to be like committed to like a like a really intense level of like detail to read i feel like right to like really pull something like that off like just the level of detail and i feel like they committed to the level that i would have which is like yeah, not I'll do this. <laughs> right. But like, I'm not going to put because then it's also the thing too. like, I feel like especially both of them now are feeling like, is this really the right choice? So I feel like by like not fully committing to they're being like, oh, okay, like, we're still good people. We're not like diabolical. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, I mean, I don't think Sebastian is like 100% into this. Like, I mean, he's he's 100% into whatever B wants him to do, but I think he's like he's not going to be the one to suggest changing social media profiles. No. And right. uh B at the beginning was like no one's going to notice. I've been telling everyone different names of my boyfriend for the past like three years and no one's caught on yet. Like no one listens to me when I talk about, you know, significant others so i don't think she's suspecting that anyone will question her the way that they are which is interesting and like just to pin put a pin in that because that does come back later actually the idea that she has been right like kind of blatantly telling everyone different names because she kind of forgets what she's told other people and she like thinks that they haven't caught on but we'll just put a pin in that because let's say because they have they have (laughs) (laughs) let's just say it let's just say it they have (laughs) (laughs) yeah which to be fair is probably why they're suspicious coming into this because they're like sebastian is not a name that any of us have heard (laughs) right and like i said last time like sebastian's a really hot name and like also just aside from it's a pretty like clearly different name than like i don't remember what she was telling them but they were like pretty generic names (laughs) Yeah, it's not like you're going to say, like, Sebastian and Steve and someone's going to think it's the same, you know, Mm -hmm. like, think that's the, you know, kind of confuse those, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, so that is kind of an interesting tidbit that I guess maybe goes to redeeming her family a little bit because they care a little bit more than (laughs) than she thought they did. (laughs) Yeah, they're like a little more perceptive and like on her side ish, but not much. I, I still am not redeeming the dad, but we'll get to that. Yeah, no, he's for sure still an asshole. Yes. So, yeah, so the dinner. So the dinner itself is like you know, very fancy, tons of servers, like tons of courses type situation. Reed and Sebastian are like sitting next to each other again, right? Yeah, I think, yeah. And I can't remember. No, I can't remember if, no, I think she's, I think B's sitting in between them. Oh, that would make more sense. Like thematically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because of course, why not? Because of course, yes. Yeah. And then just like, the chaos starts like it kind of builds to and I can't remember exactly what it builds from but like the dad is drunk again and like pretty quickly starts throwing in some like you know I think it's at B right it's like pretty yeah it's it's kind of like everything it's like a little bit of everything like I think he he like shits on Sebastian being an artist and like right then he like i don't know shits on uh agatha's gift which was like those like super thoughtful photo books because agatha tries to like diffuse the situation by bringing out the gifts early and her Mm -hmm. their dad just like throws them on the ground basically and is like you know too too confronted by his own emotions god forbid you know looking at all of these beautiful old photos um, that he like can't handle it and is like rah, 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 like this is useless or whatever he says. Yeah, and I think it it like also kind of stems from like like I feel like the conversation I can't remember how it started, but it like involved the mom somehow and like mm. um I think you know the the kids were kind of like oh the better kids were, <laughs> were kind of like <laughs> trying to because the the dad was like oh Sebastian you're like an artist like what is that gonna live off of like bees inheritance her whole life and the kids were trying to be like. No, don't you remember? Like we love art in this family. You were just oh, never around, right. and like, mm-hmm. you know, the apparently the mom was like super into art, and like, you know, took the kids to museums all the time, and they were just like, yeah. oh, remember those great memories? And then the dad was just like being a huge dick, and that's when Agatha, I think, brings out the photography books or the uh, the photo albums that she made. That's right. Yeah. And, and Agatha... he was like, no, I hate these. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. He's such a dick. And then Agatha, like, oh, my God, this moment for, like, you know, I feel like I hadn't been super invested in Agatha. Just, like, you know, kind of ancillary, like, yeah, that does suck that, like, these two sisters don't have a better relationship. And, like, she does seem, like, Agatha in particular, like, does seem very standoffish, especially towards B. But also, like... Oh my god, I immediately was like, everyone calm down on Agatha. Like, cause she immediately after the, um, her dad like shits all over her gift that she worked so hard on. Cause also, it's not only just one photo book, it's like 10 photo books. It's like mm-hmm. one for every, like, or maybe it's like five or something. So it's like one for every decade of his life. And he's turning like 80. Oh, 80. Okay, so eight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. So immediately after this, and she's like, 
you know, very put together, but also like, you know, starts crying. Her husband starts comforting her. And I forget exactly how it turns into it, but probably her dad. Oh, no, it's Jane. It's fucking Jane. It's fucking Jane Jane who like pops out of the woodwork and everyone's like, who's Jane? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then Jane's fucking drunk, too. So Jane is just like uh, on the on the like drunk asshole bandwagon. (laughs) Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know who Jane is, (laughs) she is (laughs) me. uh, Jane is Thomas's wife, a.k.a. Reed's sister, who Ugh. is uh, probably one of the reasons that Reed got invited or, like, one of the reasons why no one really questions why Reed got invited. So yeah. Thomas plays zero role in this book. He's there just to have Jane as a wife who can meddle in nonsense. Um and to yeah. play that, like, back and forth, because we do also get the information last section that while Reed and B were together, there was always a big thing of, like, oh, well, Reed is just with, you know, with her for her money. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. he needs to make something of himself as a man, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Jane never got that same scrutiny. Like, it was always just, like, fine that yeah. she was with Thomas because... The patriarchy. <laughs> because the patriarchy. Yeah, we hate it. But yes. anyway, we also hate Jane right now. <laughs> yeah, we do because... also hate Jane right now. She's also part of that system for sure. Because in this she's moment. being a super big problem. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be I guess a a little bit fair to Jane, like the information needed to come out and yes. Agatha definitely needed to know that her husband was cheating on her, but this was the wrong way to go about it, Jane. Yeah, yeah. Especially like moments after her father had like destroyed like, her gift. Crushed her spirit. Yeah. yeah. And like her husband is like comforting her and like she's trying to like kind of recover from that. And then it's like instant that like m- minutes later, Jane is just like screaming to the table that Ben has been cheating on Agatha. And so this is where kind of the chaos of the night starts because Mm -hmm. there's like some back and forth of like, you know, there's the drama at the table and then like Agatha gets up and leaves. So there's also like some off screen drama that acts as like, you know, a place for certain people to go while other people, you know, it's like people going back and forth and leaving Sebastian alone with the dad, which we don't want. (laughs) No one wants. (laughs) So yeah, basically it kind of ends up like Agatha is outside. Ben obviously follows her. Everyone kind of, a lot of people go, like a lot of people go to like give her space but also like check on her so like a lot of people are and actually at one point too it like gets down to like sebastian reed and the dad and then the dad looks at reed and is like reed go check on everyone outside which is clearly like a tactic so then it's just sebastian and the dad and then sebastian like or no and then the dad is like basically like sebastian come to my lair (laughs) (laughs) come to my evil abode and yeah. then some real drama unfolds the real drama yeah and it's funny because this scene is like i'm i pictured it in my head these like the same exact scene um oh my god what's that amazing movie with the uh the everyone was obsessed with chris evans in a sweater Oh, Knives Out! Knives Out! When he yeah. calls Chris Evans, the grandfather calls Chris Evans in to talk about yes. his inheritance. <laughs> yes! You're That's totally like the exact right. image that I got. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. Except it's kind of flipped, right? Like, in that, the, like, grandfather, even though... Well, yeah, it's kind of flipped. Like, the grandfather was in the right there and was being like, hey, you're a dick. Like, you're an I'm asshole, cutting yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Evans was like... I mean, Chris Evans is a lovely human, it seems like, for all intents and purposes. His character was quite the asshole. Um, but, yeah, no, you're totally right. It was, like, a confrontation just like that in, like, an old man's... Office. An old man's study. <laughs> Oh, God, the nefarious things that happen in old men's studies. Rich old men's studies. Oh, God. So, also, oh, my God, R.I.P. Christopher Plummer. I think that was Christopher Plummer that played that, and I think he just died recently. Oh, really? Yeah, so sad. Um, So, anyway, yeah, so they go into this uh, scary lair together, and... um, Basically, the dad just kind of lays out this proposition. Like, he kind of drums up to it a little bit, too. But basically just ends up being like, hi, listen, I will fucking pay you money to never see my daughter again. And then at the Which end... Which I feel like is is also a, like, trope of yes. rich families and yeah. non-rich love interests. Suitors, yeah. No, exactly. And then he does throw in the twist, which is, like, you know, the extra thing of, like, the whole reason that B has hired Sebastian is that she, so she can get her inheritance and give it to this cat rescue. So Sebastian knows that that's the goal this whole time. And then, because I feel like initially this wouldn't have worked if the dad didn't throw in the last caveat, which is, like, if you stick around, I will not give her her inheritance. You have to be ready for that, too. And so Sebastian's like, oh, well, fuck. Like, the whole reason I'm here is for her to get her inheritance. So, like, I have to do what B wants. Which, like, ugh, I don't know. This part in, like, things like this always get me a little bit. Because it's always like, ugh, okay. Well, like, you're assuming what the other person wants. And, like, a lot of everyone's pain and heartache would have been, like, a little bit lessened if you had just gone to her and been like, hi, your dad's an asshole. And this is what this conversation just was. Yeah, no, exactly. And, like, I feel like, so when, if I feel like if he had been a real fiancé, <laughs> he probably would have been, like, fuck off, it, like, immediately. But since he's not a real fiancé, right, and he, right. he has this, like, business proposal with B, and they're, like, not supposed to, like, interact afterwards anyway, he was kind of like, oh, can I do this and not feel bad like can i take his money and -hmm. just like get paid again (laughs) and like walk away like i was you know supposed to anyway like i don't really want to but also like this has always been a business deal so like kind of what's the harm yeah and so i think it was like that kind of pause where he's like oh my god i'm like a terrible person why am i even considering this that the dad kind of latches on to and was like here's like the next step you know to push you into it like if you right right, if you stick around b's not gonna get her inheritance and yeah if they had just like communicated better and Uh and i know the dad also threw in the caveat of like you can't tell my daughter this but like fuck off you know like how is he gonna know (laughs) it's like literally how is he gonna know if you well i mean obviously she would probably like fly i would fly off the handle if i had heard that kind of thing and then he would know immediately because of the wrath of his daughter but (laughs) 
Yeah. But also is. if they had just, yeah, exactly. Been a united force and he had gone yeah. to her and been like, Hey, we can get more of your dad's money. That's what I was <laughs> thinking. Honestly, this. I was like, maybe I'm a greedy asshole, but like this guy just is the worst. And I was like, okay, if I were in Sebastian's position, granted, I do not understand what it is like to be a man in any way, shape or form. But mm. I was thinking, I was like, okay, if I were in Sebastian's position, what would I have done? And I was like, you know what? I would have talked to B and then been like, okay, you can react, you can do whatever you want with this, but here's the way that your cat rescue can get more fucking money. (laughs) It's like, I take this money, I, you know, pay my rent or whatever with the money Mm -hmm. you gave me. You take all of this extra money, let them build the biggest, coolest cat rescue on the planet. And like, your dad won't probably even notice that it's missing. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know. I just was like, you guys will be closer. A, a rich white dude has a little less money and a charity has more money. Like, I, yeah. that seems like a win-win. And win, cats win. get saved. <laughs> and cats get saved. I was like, guys, you need to be a little more strategic about this. I know. But also, we're coming from the perspective of being women and, like, caring what other people think. Yes. Not to say that Sebastian doesn't care what other people think, but I, I don't know. Again, not to speak for men because I don't know what it's like to be a man, but yeah. I feel like there's a certain amount of like entitlement to make decisions on other people's behalves. And you know, yeah. again, Sebastian seems like a lovely person, but he is certainly doing that right now. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting. I was just, this just came up in a conversation the other day. I was just telling someone like, you know, I, you know, it'd be so interesting to know more of the perspective of like, because like, I feel like and I, I know a lot of women feel this way or, or people raised as women are just so conditioned to act certain ways that are pretty detrimental in like the way that society structured, you know, like, you know, the, the people pleasing is one like kind of smaller, but also kind of big like mm-hmm. thing of that. You know, I feel like I'm kind of constantly being like, okay, is that something I want to stick behind? Like that action, is that my personality or is was that like conditioned from this, you know, I think feel like that's what it's like to just be a, a woman and be a feminist and be um, someone who's been conditioned with these thoughts from a while back. And I, I did mention that um, just recently. I was, it kind of came up where I was like, yeah, I'd like love to know what men feel like they are, like what they feel like they're, like restructuring in their brains if that makes sense like yeah you know I feel like it and I do feel like it does take them an extra leap to be like oh this is maybe like to think more about what is I mean what even is someone else's experience like someone that's not as privileged as they are mm-hmm. which that's just a long-winded poorly way of putting like Fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> and also Sebastian should have talked to B. <laughs> and also Sebastian. Also, you know, I will give them too the benefit of the doubt. This is what I meant to say before I started ranting about feminism. Um, <laughs> is that this also we're maybe not taking into account the fact that this is like also a budding relationship in within the confines of a business proposition and a fucked up family dynamic. Right. Yeah. No, so, for sure. So I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think there was definitely an element of Sebastian getting this second business deal and being like, yeah, I want this to be, you know, like I want my first business deal to not be a business deal, but since it is a business deal, maybe this is, 
a good option. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's like maybe a little bit of him going too far to be like, this is what's best for B. But I do think he is thinking through like, okay, well, the actual business proposition of our arrangement is that she wants her inheritance. She literally can't get it if unless I do these things. So I think there's that. And then, yeah, there's just like a lot of it going. And then also, right, I think it's that thing too of like, when you like someone and you're not fully sure like how they're going to react about things yet, there's not like that full sense of trust there yet. So yeah, who knows? It's just, it's just a quagmire. The dad just hit him at just the right, just the right crosshairs of uh, everything going on for him. Also not to pull us away from the book, but Chuni's doing that thing where he's like so asleep that he's like eating in his sleep and making those little like nom 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 noises. And it's really cute. (laughs) That's really adorable. I don't know that my cats do that. Really? Yeah, yeah. He, he definitely eats in his sleep sometimes. Oh, <laughs> that's really cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it cracks me up. Aw, Chuni. I'm gonna wake you up because you're so cute. <laughs> He's probably dreaming about eating the little cilantro shoots that he kills. <laughs> <laughs> you monster. <laughs> Isn't that cute? <laughs> oh, God. Um, okay, well, anyway, we don't, it's actually framed, like, so we're talking about it as if, like, Sebastian has kind of already agreed to this deal, which he has, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I don't think he has, because uh, the dad gives him a day. That's true, and he he doesn't do it until some other dramatic shit happens, but, um, yeah, he's really not sure if he's gonna do it, the dad's not sure. Also, the thing, other thing I was thinking, too, the dad's, like, really drunk, like, I think if I were... Sebastian, I would have felt extra okay going to be because, he, like, who knows if he's even going to... Re- I mean, spoiler alert, he definitely remembers this because yeah. lots <laughs> comes out about this later. But, um, yeah, I think I would have been like, is he even going to fucking remember that this happened? Like, I think I would be, you know, a little bit more willing to be like, all right, I need to investigate into this situation a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so basically, yeah, it's it's still left unclear. And we actually don't fully know what, what Sebastian has done or decides to do until the very end. And he explains it to be. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Got a uh, lot more drama to get through. <laughs> we have so much more drama to get through. So, yeah. So what's next? Um, oh, the outside. So what's happening outside is that Agatha and Ben's relationship is co-rumbling. Yep. More like exploding. Yes. Yeah. Because Agatha is throwing shit and rightfully so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he's, you know, trying to kind of be like, oh, well, you know, whatever. And I don't think she's even really entertaining him. I think she's just like, I'm getting the kids. Get out. Yeah. yeah you were leaving and that's all that's happening. Mm-hmm. B, which this really like opens the door for B to be like with her sister and she in the way of obviously not trying to be like, you know, she should be reacting differently, but she's also like, I can't be here for her. I'm trying as much as I can, but she's not letting me in in any way, shape or form. So. Yeah. um, And Agatha does have like in the, in the next few chapters, she does have like the most like silent secluded breakdown of (laughs) of anyone's life and it's it's kind of like kind of like a her her like whole personality kind of like comes together into this situation because i think 
I can't remember when she leaves, but like, I think Ben leaves like the house, like the cabin, and he mm. just kind of like gets out. Um, Agatha stays with the the kids, but she just kind of like disappears into her room and like doesn't let anyone in, doesn't just kind of yeah. has like a silent breakdown like by herself, like doesn't let anyone like help her or like see her, you know, dealing with her emotions. And uh, I think like a, a day or so later just comes out and is like, you know, thank you for taking care of things while I was unwell and just <laughs> yeah. kind of like moves on and just like uh. <laughs> has her, you know, moment to herself, come back, comes, you know, back out and like rejoins society in like yeah. a very probably unhealthy way, but it right. is her way. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of what, what happens with Agatha. But this also, I think, uh, leads to a, a couple of side conversations so i know b kind of connects with her brother henry a little bit on this too just to be kind of like you know did you know like what you know did you suspect you know Mm -hmm. kind of like get um like his perspective on things and it turns out that he he did like kind of know like not really but like wasn't surprised his partner knew more his partner ran into um ran into Ben at the Denver airport meeting another woman at the gate or like going to Mm -hmm. no yeah it must not been meeting at the gate because this is not the 1970s um (laughs) he was leaving he was like going on a trip with another woman and so I think the partner was like yeah like I definitely shouldn't have immediately assumed that they were having an affair but like it definitely had that vibe like it didn't it didn't Mm. seem like a work trip or something like that yeah yeah, I think this is also where uh, Henry and his his partner exit the <laughs> exit yes. the chaos as well. They're yeah. like, "All right, this is fun, but we've had enough. We're gonna go back to our you know healthy relationship on our own with our therapist uh-huh. and yeah. <laughs> lovely yeah. lives um, in our own friend circle." That's probably much more supportive than this family. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You mentioned it last episode that Henry is the only one who's mentioned therapy at all in the midst of this like crumbling insane family dynamic. And so mm-hmm. it is kind of like, oh, okay. So like, yeah, we're with B, we're with Sebastian, but like also Henry is maybe the healthiest out of everyone here. <laughs> like he's maybe the most well-adjusted. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah so then after that so yeah they leave and then after that here comes reed because now we coincide with the moment where um the dad has told reed to go out because he kind of knows that b is out in the Mm -hmm. whatever and it's like two birds with one stone like he gets to financially proposition sebastian so he sends reed out and at this point henry's just leaving which this was the one point where i was like henry this was a poor choice because henry saw reed coming out or was there when Reed came out and still left. And I was like, oh, that's not like the greatest sibling move to leave mm-hmm. your sibling alone with their ex. Yeah. Just like randomly. So, but he does. So they, the two of them are um, hanging out outside. And I forget exactly how much comes out here, but basically Reed kind of takes on like a little bit of a different tone. Like so far he's been like super cocky and just kind of like, kiss ass to the dad and like super smug with you know obviously with Sebastian but kind of with B a little bit too 
But all of a sudden, he's like a little bit gentler. And he's kind of like, I think it's only here that he's like, I want you back. And then they fucking kiss, which is like, great. Yeah. And at this point, I'm like, not on B's side anymore, because she's kind of into it. She's like, you know, I have this thing with Sebastian. And like, he's great. But also like, it's a bit I think she's going through kind of the same kind of like emotional turmoil that he's going through where he's like, I wish this wasn't a business proposition, but it is. So maybe I'll make this other decision that would like ruin things just because I don't think it's going to change. And she's kind of doing the same thing on her side where she's like, I don't know. It's like Sebastian's great, but we're not like actually engaged. This is just a business thing. And like, I shouldn't feel guilty. I should be like, you know, I, like, have this option here in front of me that is, you know, an actual fiancé slash boyfriend slash love interest that's not a business proposition and maybe I should just take it, even though I think she knows that it's terrible and he's the worst. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of, it's interesting because it is kind of like technically at this point she doesn't necessarily owe sebastian an explanation but at the same time like she knows that he so basically he walks out and sees them because of course he does Mm -hmm. and so yeah it kind of is playing on that thing of like right she doesn't really owe him anything according to their business deal but like it's kind of been undeniable to both of them that they've been really into each other or that there's at least something there. So, like, yeah, it was really interesting. So I was like, wow, I think I would have felt really compelled to explain something to him about that. But she really doesn't. Like, she, mm-hmm. instead of going immediately to find him, which I think, you know, I think in terms of, like, storyline, that probably would have been hard to show without it leading to Sebastian talking about, you know, the deal or whatever mm-hmm. with the dad. Um but yeah, B makes the choice to go. Yeah, what does she do? She goes to like check on Agatha, I think, or she goes to like see the kids. She definitely has to put the kids to sleep. But I think it wasn't even that; it was something else. Yeah, I think I don't. I honestly can't remember. I think she just kind of goes to bed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is like kind of a uh, like an anticlimactic thing where she's like doesn't go to find Sebastian, and meanwhile he's like found another. Like, she does remark, like, oh, he's not in the, he's not in my room. And he, yeah, he's, like, found another room to sleep in. Because he's, like, I don't know what's fucking going on here. Yeah. Oh, actually, she does, okay, this, she does actually, like, go do so. I think with everything falling is forced to kind of take on, you see her, like, take on a little bit more of the motherly role that, like, Agatha is supposed to be um stepping into so she goes to check on Mm. agatha but then she also goes and like takes her drunk father to bed and like puts him like in his room and kind of like takes over for that like kind of like matriarchal like motherly role that um has been like such an issue for for agatha but yeah then she just goes to bed without um finding sebastian yeah which i think i definitely like even if i didn't feel compelled to like explain myself to him which that's definitely debatable like she doesn't really owe that to him at this point but I think I would have gone to check on him just in general because like her dad's an asshole like I and like she knew that he was left Sebastian was left alone with him so I don't know I think that that point like didn't fully ring true to me because of the whole premise is that she's so scared of her family and like wants to kind of like 
uh, like be separate from their expectations and you know she knows how terrible they are it was kind of like oh why wouldn't she think that something terrible just happened to sebastian <laughs> you know yeah i don't know i kind of get it i probably would have gone to bed too <laughs> really <laughs> yeah because like i don't know i think yeah i don't i don't know i i kind of think that i would probably feel like right like i i wouldn't owe him an explanation and i think you know she's confused enough about her feelings at this point where she probably wouldn't want to deal with anyone's hurt feelings like yeah that's true she kind of has to take care of her like her family but also take care of herself at this point and kind of like think through some things without like i feel like if I was in that situation, I would be afraid that, like, going to check on Sebastian would be, would result in some, like, you know, hurt feelings and accusations thrown back at me that was unwarranted. That's true. So That's a good point. I probably would have just been like, no, I'm gonna think through this and deal with it later. That's true. But Devil's Advocate, he's kind of her employee at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, he just had, like, a work conflict. (laughs) That's true. That's so true. like, I guess I, you know, I keep saying like she doesn't owe him, and like romantically, she at this point she doesn't. You know, they haven't had any sort of like communication. It's all just been like attraction. So like in in those senses, like true, she does not owe him anything. But yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, actually, they have a contract. Like she kind of owes him as her his like employer to talk to him and make sure he's okay but i don't know what would they have talked about like he had things to figure out too i think it's better that they they thought on their own before coming back together which spoiler alert they did not do because we have chaos the next morning too oh my god we have so much chaos i know it's yeah it's right like to close out out that combo yeah it's hard to know like what the you're right i think they did both need to process things i do think it led to a more dramatic conclusion Mm -hmm. um but i do think it also led to like weeks of silence spoiler alert between them (laughs) that like yeah but could have been avoided also realistic too that's honestly true yeah that's that's true yeah good point all right you're right let's uh let's move on to the chaos that happens the next morning (laughs) yeah so we we wake up to uh some some hurting people in more than one sense so agatha is in her room i think does she come down for this at all i can't remember but uh, the so the dad's definitely super hungover i think B runs into Sebastian like on a walk and they kind of like have a few a few cordial words but like not an actual conversation and then mm. the kids come running out and I think that's what starts kind of the the whole um chaotic morning so the kids come running out and they're like oh no the f- cat fluff Fluff, fluff or fluff. not? Yeah, they're like, oh no, like fluff is gone. We like opened the door and you know they she, she slipped out. Um, so they they lost the cat and which is as we know from the first section, B's most valuable possession, most mm-hmm. prized possession. Per the um, contract. <laughs> per the contract, yeah, her like what she wants to give up the least in life, mm-hmm. and um. So everyone kind of, like, goes into a panic and, like, oh, no, we have to find this cat. And so, like, the kids go out. The dad kind of, like, 
makes an attempt to like call you know a couple times and then goes back inside to probably like pass out again mm-hmm. um i can't remember if agatha comes out or not but if she does it's like very briefly and she immediately like goes back inside yeah she lasts a little bit longer than the dad i think because she feels a little bit guilty about her kids letting fluff out but yeah she also doesn't last so then it like she takes the kids back i think b is like just take the kids back in like basically like you guys are slowing us down Mm -hmm. and uh sebastian and and b end up looking for fluff together yeah but i think i think while b is kind of dealing with uh agatha and the kids sebastian goes kind of out into the woods first and he does find fluff (laughs) and that she's not hurt don't worry anyone (laughs) oh don't worry you should worry. <laughs> you should worry, but not about the cat. So uh, Sebastian finds, so B comes back out and um, finds Sebastian and he's like, uh, don't come any closer. And at that point I'm like, oh God, dead cat. Yeah. But, um, but not dead cat. Don't worry, everyone. Um, Just cat in peril. Cat in peril. So he's, <laughs> he's standing not in, but I think, no, he's standing in front of fluff, but then like kind of to the side there's a, a rattlesnake, like, poised to strike. Yeah. And so it's he's like, like kind of... nobody move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of positioned, I think, like, like he's kind of closer to Fluff, but, like, Fluff is still, like, the main target of said mm-hmm. uh, said rattlesnake. Yeah. So he, he does a, a very heroic move and a very noble attempt to grab Fluff and come out unscathed, but he does get bitten by the rattlesnake in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. So some, some strong drama there. Yeah. Um, so dramatic. <laughs> so super dramatic. We have a near death experience. So, mm-hmm. uh, B kind of like grabs him and Fluff and like goes like runs them both back inside, drops Fluff in the house and was like, No one fucking open a door. <laughs> I know, literally it was like, leave kind of this like, cat alone. Yeah, like she kind of like quickly gave the cat back to the nieces or the kids that like let Fluff out in the first place, which I was like I get listen, I get the Sebastian's dying, like, as she speaks, because she even is like I know with every step, venom is coursing through his veins. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah, very dramatic, but yeah. But I, yeah, at the same time, I was like, like, maybe, like, throw Fluff in, like, a, like a room and be like, no one fucking open that door. <laughs> like, or maybe, like, tourniquet his arm or something. I don't know. Doesn't that slow things down? Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's right? supposed to, right? I think so. I don't know. Does anyone know first aid? But <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to suck the venom out, but I'm pretty sure if you tourniquet an arm, it, like, slows blood flow. Mm-hmm. No, I think that makes sense, right? Because yeah. if you... Because tourniquets are, like, yeah, what they use for, like, to, to stem blood loss slow and stuff. blood flow, yeah. Right. And especially if it was his arm, like, yeah, it should... Right. If they, like, tourniquet it, and then he, like, dangles it real low. Like, don't get it near your heart or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, I don't know. <laughs> just dangle just it. dangle it. <laughs> You know, the age-old first aid trick to dangle your arm away from your heart. <laughs> That's sound advice. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, uh-huh. everyone. If you get bitten by a snake, just dangle it. <laughs> just, just dangle it. I don't think, I don't see the problem. 
oh god, I have been in quarantine for too long. <laughs> oh, great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, truly, if anyone knows the right, correct answer to that. Help us, because us... we will never survive a snake bite. <laughs> oh, no, we won't. And I lived in Colorado, like... I don't think I saw a dangerous snake there. I did see a bear a couple times. I saw moose. Those are pretty dangerous. Bears, like, yeah. aren't quite... I mean, they're still super dangerous. But, like, I think moose are, like, ready to attack at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. But anyways. Um, anyways. Whew, he dangled that arm on the way to the hospital. Dangle that tourniqueted arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and who fucking steps up slash, like, is a little kind of spy like reed is there again Ugh, all of a sudden fucking reed. and it's like let me take like let me drive you like he's all of a sudden trying to be helpful yeah um, which i mean fine fair he is actually helpful because he yeah, drives fast and also drives like a porsche or something so it's yeah. probably the quickest car to get to a hospital and also true. no one else is in the position to, like, drive because the dad's probably still drunk and Agatha is, like, having a midlife crisis. True. Yeah, yeah. And also has, like, children, too. Yeah. <laughs> Parent. Yeah. So, yeah, they get they do get him to the hospital. And, like, it is kind of like a, you know, the scene of, like, um, the, you know, the nurse asking for information, like, who she is to Sebastian. And she has to, like... You know, as Reed is kind of, like, watching... Or, like, he comes up after parking the car and, like, hears kind of the stumbling, like, you know, her not even knowing his, like, official birthday. And, like, Reed knows for some stupid reason. Oh, <laughs> like, he, he has his... Yeah, Reed pulls oh, his yeah. his wallet with his driver's license. And as she's sitting there, like, um, um, Reed's like, it's this and that. And, like, yeah, all of these things. Uh-huh. And, like, this is how tall he is and where he lives. And she's like, okay, you know... Give me that and go away. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it, Reed. Come on, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. And so there's like a lot of that back and forth. Um, she never actually gets past the front desk person because Sebastian's taken back and given the anti-venom and then like is told like doesn't want to see anyone. And so they don't let her back, even though they kind I guess they I guess it is kind of suspicious that, like, she didn't know any of the information. And even the other person that she's with is, like, suspicious of her. So, yeah, I can't really remember if they, like, don't let her back or if mm-hmm. Sebastian is just like, I want no visitors. Yeah. Dramatically. I think, uh, I think he just says he doesn't want any visitors. And she's like, all right, you know what? Take me home because I'm not his actual fiance. So right. I'm not going to, like, pressure yeah. him into seeing me. Which, like, I get. Like, I get that, too. Like, I think that goes back to, too, like the same argument of like should she gone and talk have gone and talked to him that night or like should she not have like it's kind of the same thing like i I get why she was like all right i can't do anything else but it's also like you kind of like it it was your whole situation that got him here and then your cat like i get that he made his own choices and all of that but i think i would have tried a little bit harder to yeah to see him i granted i again wouldn't have (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's, I mean, I think you're, I think you're definitely coming from the more obvious place of like, these people are like, so in love with each other, they need to just get over themselves. Right. But I also think they're both in a position where they don't know where they stand with the other person because of this contract. Right. And so I think Sebastian's like, I don't want to see her because like, 
I'm, you know, like, we have this whole thing with her her dad that we learn a little bit more about later on. But then he's also, Ugh. like, I'm, you know, con- contracted to never see her again. And so, like, right. mission accomplished. I'm supposed to never see her again. And, like, she's the one who wanted it. And I don't want her to give up her cat, <laughs> you know? Right. And right. I don't right. want to be, like, left hanging and, like, give up my camera for you know something that isn't gonna happen and i think she's kind of in the same position where she's like i don't know like he doesn't even want to see me you know this thing with reed he saw us kissing like maybe i should just go with that like he's probably mad at me and then he got bitten by a snake which doesn't make him happier (laughs) (laughs) right yeah for sure yeah so obviously Selecting the It's Complicated drop down from Facebook for yeah, this one. for sure. Um, at the moment. But uh, we do... So we kind of leave Sebastian at that point. Although I think we do get the snapshot that, like, that this might come a little bit later. But basically he, like, he's okay. He's at the hospital. He stays there, like, I think a day or something. And his family's actually from Durango, Colorado, which is, like... I, I think it's actually... I can actually tell you where Durango is oh. because I've been looking at Colorado. <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's uh it's actually kind of like in the corner on the southern border by like Arizona. Oh, I thought so. Okay, yeah. I thought it was like on a border somewhere. Okay, perfect. Yeah. But which is still kind of far from Aspen. Like that's kind of a drive, but apparently his dad comes up to like get him and he stays at home for a little bit after that to um recuperate, which we will meet back up with him there in a little bit, but mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, Brie, Brie, hello? I literally am just thinking about the cheese I'm going to eat after this, which is why I said that. Wow, that was really uh, telling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, snapshot into my psyche. Um, oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> B. Um, yeah, so she is stays, like, I think not much longer. Like, she basically leaves a little bit after that, but... She does agree to meet Reed for coffee before she goes back to Boulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and this combo is a very enlightening because, you know, I think she basically, it seems like she's not, her mind isn't as made up as it is, but I think she never went into it thinking like, oh, I'm definitely going to get back together with Reed. He's still kind of being like, hey, let's get back together. And then the information comes out. That her dad did the same fucking thing to Reed. That's like the reason that they, like the initial reason, I don't know that we even said this, that the initial reason that Reed gave to B for their breakup was that he wanted to quote unquote, what was it? Like explore Explore his his other options. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, his other options. So gross. Like they were like unfianced at that point. And like, he was like, oh, I just need to like see my other options. And she was destroyed. Um, yeah, so, like, at the coffee shop, Reed basically said, like, I never stopped loving you. Like, your dad was the one that suggested, like, that, like, gave me this ultimatum, basically, of, like, he could give, he would give me startup money for my real estate business, and, like, he would get me on my feet, but, like, I couldn't be with you. Like, I had to walk away. And so she was like, well, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing showing up here? Like, why? Like, well, I think she's just, like, mad in general, and so Mm -hmm. she's like, what are you doing? And he was like, well, like, didn't it come out to you that her dad invited him and was like, yeah. So I think the, yeah. So the dad like paid Reed to leave and Reed took it because he was like, well, I wasn't, you know, like I, I mean, 
he was he was an asshole but he was also like you know i felt like i needed to you know like make something of myself before i could be with you and your like rich family Mm. um which obviously was not true and not what b was feeling right um so again another another instance of a a man making decisions for a woman who like Mm -hmm. was not (laughs) did did not agree with you know what his his priorities were with said decision yeah yeah um but yeah and then like you know years down however many years it's been down the line the dad invited reed back because he was like well i don't believe that she like actually chose a like she's actually engaged i don't think she has Mm -hmm. a a boyfriend or a fiance so like i'll you know throw reed back into the mix even though she says she's bringing someone just you know like give her another shot with him which again is like such an asshole move you can't just like puppet someone's relationship like that you know like Mm -hmm. pull it away and then give it back like that is just i don't know the dad's such a monster the dad is such a monster like that that also is like a super like patriarchal move of like oh like i don't know it just has like such tinges of like my daughter couldn't possibly lo- oh that's what that was the other thing that like i kind of hated reed for too like reed kept saying to her like oh well you've always had like a certain level like you don't know what it's like to be poor and like you could never live like that and it's like who are you to decide that for her like also she, she doesn't she's not living off her family's money she's living right. off of her own money and doing fine so yeah. why is he worried about her and sebastian's income right right or like what their income would have been if reed has had stayed with her you know like it was kind of that point too of him being like i didn't want you to go through like what i went through as a kid which like even b was like okay but like what do you know about poverty like you still lived in aspen like you had your parents had like a normal house like it's not like you were saving (laughs) me from like you know starving in the streets it's like you were like what did you think like yeah you weren't you weren't rich but you were like still pretty like middle income yeah (laughs) you know like it would have been a fine life i just wouldn't have had a mansion which i didn't want anyway yeah exactly it's like you think you're saving me from like poverty but you're trying to save me like in reality it's like you're saving me from like middle class like that what are you talking about like that's so stupid so anyway yeah reed was really dumb in that instance and i think she definitely caught on to that being like okay yeah like sure whatever i obviously don't like she kind of at the same time of like understanding how privileged that you know she what she did grow up but also being like but also like what do you know to like make that decision for me and what do you know to like i don't know it just was very you're right lots of men making lots of decisions for one woman (laughs) come on who was doing fine on her own before all of this happened honestly who was doing fucking fine without all of you so ugh, whatever so anyway now i'm just mad at everyone (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we get a fun so after this conversation so she does end up saying goodbye to reed So she and Sebastian have still not talked for, like, you know, however many weeks since the snakebite incident. However many days. I don't know how long it's been. (laughs) Time time is meaningless. I think it's, like, weeks. I think it's, like, yeah. I feel like it's it's been kind of a while, too. Um, Yeah, so she still hasn't talked to 
Sebastian at all, but she does say goodbye to Reed in that conversation and is like, I mm. made my decision. I don't want anything to do with you. Like, thanks, yeah. but no thanks. Which is great. Good choice. Yes. But then we get our our fun little, like, intro into the next book. That's true. Yeah. That was really fun. Yeah, that was really cool. And, like, I see what you're saying now because... So, basically, the scene plays out that um, B has to... What does she has to have to do? She has to meet her vet for something. Yeah, so it's that that kitten, that poor little like <gasps> oh, kitten that right. she saved oh. at the beginning. So yeah. the that kitten has been living with the vet because you know it it just wasn't doing well. It was uh you know sick and not getting better, and so her cat sitter had taken it to the vet. That's and, right. Uh, Ever. Been, yeah. Ever. And so, so it had sweet. been uh, living with her her vet for a while, and he called her and was like, "Listen, just come pick it up. I don't think it it's gonna make it, but it'll be more comfortable with you." Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she she meets the vet up at a uh, a farm, lazy yeah. dog ranch. Yeah. So she goes up there. She meets the vet. She kind of fills them both in because the um, hit the vet's partner. Slash the previous, like, initial book uh, love story, the woman from that is there. And so she's the one who um, sort of set up this whole idea from the the beginning. And so B updates them, takes the cat, takes Ever, and then, right, we meet these two sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two sisters that run the ranch with their three little dachshunds. <laughs> oh my god, three, yes, so fun. Um, and we don't like it's not like a long conversation or anything, but it is kind of like we do get the snapshot of like they're not doing super well financially and that it's like a lot of work, but that they're kind of living their dream because they wanted to get out of the city and city jobs and all that and mm-hmm. come start their own ranch, which they did. Yeah. So the the next book in the series is called The Downside of Dachshunds. So <laughs> that was kind of the the clue into that. I know they got to the ran or she got to the ranch and the dachshunds came out and i was like wait a second this sounds familiar <laughs> uh, yeah i did the same thing i looked at the book list and i was like oh that's so fun yeah, yeah. so cool so, so yeah. yeah that's great to get like a little lead into the next book that's like built in it's not even like mm-hmm. an extra you know after the the you know epilogue or whatever but that was super fun. Um, Ever makes like a miraculous recovery. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So that's, yeah, no, that's good news. But um, before that happens, we get, I think, I think we get our final conclusion, our concluding yeah. conversation. Yeah. And it actually starts from that, um, that uh, Lazy Dog Ranch meetup also because the vet and his girlfriend are having, I, I think they mentioned it at the beginning of the book as well. They're having like a big soiree. They have like a yearly party. That's like, I don't know if it's like a fundraiser or like a, it seems like, I a, think it is. I think it's a fundraiser for the, not for the vet, but for something, yeah, something else for yeah. like an animal shelter or something. But not along for, those lines. Yeah, but not for her animal shelter. Or not for her yeah. cat rescue. For mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, he like, you know, they're kind of asking again, like, oh, are you coming? Like, what about Sebastian? And she's like, oh, I like, I just told you he got bitten by a fucking rattlesnake. Like, I don't. Think <laughs> and doesn't want to talk to me anymore. <laughs> yeah. And like told me to leave the hospital. Like, I don't think that's happening. 
Um, and they kind of kind of encourage her to, I mean, basically in the way of just being like, well, but you're still thinking about him this long after, right? And like, mm-hmm. don't you just want to, don't you just want to see? I think that was kind of the argument of like, wouldn't you rather know than not know? Like, wouldn't you rather like just talk to him even if it's uncomfortable and know for sure versus like just sitting here being like, well, like maybe we had a thing or maybe we didn't, like whatever. And so she's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I do want to know. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I can't remember how, how they do it, but we actually get, like, a little snapshot of uh, Sebastian's side of the conversation, too. Right. Um, because he's been he's been in Durango with his family, but he also, like, kind of when we get his perspective before they meet up, um, we kind of get a sense that, like, he's just, like, so unhappy and just, like, yeah. so miserable without B and just kind of, like, left the hospital and, you know, went to hang out with his family for a bit and was like, uh, I'm so sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just yeah. went through a breakup and not a real breakup, but it feels like a real breakup and then, like, went to go, you know, back and live with his roommates and was just like, no, this isn't working. Like, I need to have some sort of closure, at least, like, try to make things work because I like am obviously miserable without her and she wasn't even my girlfriend so like (laughs) right right need to need to go do something so yeah I did love the like line there were like a couple lines that he had that were like at first I thought it was just like recovering from a snake bite and it was like (laughs) Sure, that could be like a breakup. I don't know what being bitten no, by a rattlesnake. Never been bitten like. by a rattlesnake before. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I bet it sucks. Sure. Yeah, like, sounds yeah. painful. <laughs> yeah, but then it was like, yeah, exactly. Like his family and his roommate, and then he obviously it was like obviously past the time where he like would you know would still be feeling any effects from the snake bite, and he was like, aha, this is heartbreak. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, I don't think he really does anything. I think it's B that texts him and is like, oh, she also like, uh, like, almost anonymously, like, no, no, no emoji, like nothing Venmos him the amount that she owes him for yeah. his services. Um, and then she texts him after that to be after she's gone up to the Lazy Dog Ranch to be like, I can't remember exactly how she phrases it. But basically, she's just like, meet me at this fundraiser party. Yeah, come to this thing. And bring your camera. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, well, he also thinks that he uh, drove her into the arms of Reed. So he was oh, like, if this is right. an engagement shoot, I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. he. I feel like that was such a guy thing to think. Like, I feel like who on their right mind would do that to anyone, but also like... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone yeah. would. <laughs> but he, I mean, he's still also thinking that this is 100% a business deal for her. So he, again, doesn't know exactly where he stands. And he's like, if I'm like the only photographer friend she has. <laughs> True, right. This was like purely just business for her. And I'm gonna like watch her marry this like guy I cannot stand. Yeah. So, yeah, so they meet up, they find the next scene is that we see them kind of seeing each other and feeling all the feelings and then uh, starting a conversation that is a very awkward and I did not like either of them (laughs) through (laughs) most of this conversation. I was like, oh, God, I get it, but come on. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, basically we find like it takes, um, oh my God, I literally almost said Brie again. I got to get off of this recording and eat some fucking food. <laughs> I'm like losing my mind. Um, so, uh, B comes in and is kind of like, like, I think she just doesn't quite know where to start. And especially like, yeah, exactly. Like what you said, like Sebastian comes into it with the assumption that she's with Reed. So it's, it's set up, like they've set it up poorly for themselves that like, B's kind of trying to feel him out and he's already decided that it's a certain way or a certain thing. Basically they kind of have some back and forth until Sebastian is finally just like comes out and says like, well, no, like, cause I think she was basically the idea of bringing the camera was like, Oh, so like you could take pictures for um, the vet for like the, the company or the fundraiser or whatever. And he was like, well, I don't have my camera. And she's like, what? And he's like, well, I fell in love with you, so I sold my camera. (laughs) (laughs) I sold my camera. Here's your money back. I want to start a relationship on a not business deal. Yeah, literally, it's just like the floodgates kind of open at that point. Because I think he's kind of like, I don't think he's mad, but I think he's just kind of like, you thought that I had my camera still? Like, I think he's just kind of like, I, all of this has been happening for me and like, none of this is happening for you. And then she's like, no, it's happening for me, too. Yeah. But I'm keeping my cat. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. She's like, I can't remember who comes up with it first. But yeah, I think he's like, you're not giving away your cat. That's stupid. So. Yeah. Like, throw away the the business deal. Right. Oh, but the, when does she get the note from her dad? I think she got the note from her dad before this. No, I think it's after, isn't it? Because I don't think she knew the full backstory. Yeah, I think it's after, like, I think it's, like, yeah, we get one, we get, like, one scene after this. Oh, maybe it's before. I think it's before. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she gets a a note from her dad at some point. We, we're not sure. (laughs) No, you might be right. I think you're right. I think it's before. Yeah, um... But yeah, she gets a note from her dad that's basically like the the attempt at redemption that I'm yeah. still not buying and no. still think he's a monster. Yes. <laughs> um, but it was basically just him being like, I approve and like sending her uh, kind of like Sebastian's answer to the... So Sebastian had sent the dad a letter or left the dad a letter to be like, you know, to answer your your proposal. Like, I don't... Basically, I don't want your money... But I will leave. I think you should give B her money and trust her to make her own decisions. And I will trust her to make her own decisions. And we will yeah. just leave it at that. Right. Which was the right answer. <laughs> yes. Which was very well put and well done. If he had just communicated that a little bit to be like... Maybe I probably would have been better. Even better. Yeah. More the right answer. <laughs> but still very much the right answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And like, yeah, basically the dad is like... Okay, yeah, that was the right answer, too. Which is also, like, fuck you, man. Like, I don't know. I just hate the dad so much. He's so unredeemable. And, like, I get that. Like, the basically, the last scene we get is actually... It's really... It is really sweet. Like, Sebastian and B are together. And they're at her house. And, like, she has a few less cats now. Which is a little bit sad. But also a little bit, like, more <laughs> normal life pace. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, right. Like, Julia mentioned before, like... You, the um one cat is like in love with Sebastian, just like so sweet. And um the family is coming to B's house. So like this is supposed to be like 
you know, even the dad, like even the dad is coming and like seems to be making strides, which I'm like, all right, fine, fine whatever. But <laughs> I don't care about the dad. I care yeah. that Agatha's coming to your house. That's exciting because, you know, it seems like their relationship is like much more salvageable than her and her dad's. Right. Um, but yeah, basically to go back to that for a second. Yeah. B is like gets that letter and is like, oh, fuck. Why didn't I think that my, my dad, I just learned that my dad did this to my one like major boyfriend slash fiance like why wouldn't i think that he did this like as soon as sebastian started asking acting weird she was like i should have i should have fucking known you know Mm -hmm. um and so yeah then that kind of paired with sebastian being like well i sold my camera because per the contract like per the contract contract. (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah, I think that's it, really, right? I was trying to, like, as I was, like, yeah, talking. No, I, that, like, I think yeah. that's that's exactly it. That's, like, where it ended. It was, like, you know, fast forward to however many months later, and they're, like, happy with their, like, cat castle and living <laughs> in the, the, the kind of wilderness. Her, like, book got finished, and, like, uh-huh. he's selling more photographs, and it's just everyone's happy. Oh, and he proposes right before her family comes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So actual fiancés now. Yeah. So real fiancés. Oh, yeah. And that's true. There is the, that's right. There is the extra, like, small little bit from B's perspective where she kind of explains to us, the reader, that Sebastian, her and Sebastian, once they got together officially, they did go back to her family and they confessed to everyone. And she was like, it was so fucking awkward. But here we are. But here we are. <laughs> we survived. Yeah. So that's kind of funny, too. And also, they should have felt very bad for driving her to that. And that could have been a very dangerous situation for her. Honestly, someone got bit by a rattlesnake. It was very dangerous. And also, like, you can't just hire a man and expect him to be Sebastian. (laughs) Uh, Honestly, true. Yes. I mean, you can a little bit more so in Boulder, but not much. (laughs) I mean, fucking JonBenet Ramsey happened in Boulder, granted. Everyone Mm. has their theories about that. But that's not for today. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's it. It was a it was a really fun read. Yeah. Again, this is like even though there was like so many twists and turns at the end, and so many like places that were a little bit more like yeah, a little dicey. But like yeah, this one was still probably the first one, like one of the few mm-hmm. of these books that that I've read that has like really kept me up at night, and I was like, I have to finish this to know. So that was really fun. Yeah. I mean, you know how fast I finished it. Ugh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't give enough credit to the fact that we finished this entire episode and I had no spoilers from you. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't I couldn't spoil a book that you've already read. Oh my god, I was so <laughs> triggered when I was going back through and editing, too. I was like, oh man. Luckily, I finished the book before I started editing again and got all those spoilers the second time around. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Uh-oh. Just can't help myself. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. We are so thrilled. We'll have this out this week. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a new new book for you. We haven't really discussed what we're going to read next, but we're still on our two-week schedule. So we'll be back in in two weeks, and we'll have a new new fun book for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, shout out again to yeah, Cricket yeah. for uh, giving me these books for Christmas and inspiring this this series. Yes, they're delightful. <laughs> yes. 
And uh, yeah, as always, pet your kitties for us. And your puppies. And, and your rattlesnakes. Oh, don't well. well. <laughs> don't pet your rattlesnakes. I mean, Just kidding. That might be a... But do, I mean... <laughs> but do dangle your arms. <laughs> if you do pet a rattlesnake, dangle your arm away from your heart, everyone. <laughs> Oh, God. On that note, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I need to go eat some brie. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>